Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think if this movie has taught us anything, it's that maybe we're not the kind of people who should see movies at 9.30 at night. I think that's very true. <laughs> Even films that I really liked, like this one, and I think we saw Silver Linings Playbook mm-hmm. at a late session. Mm-hmm. I just can't get into them because I'm sleepy. How old are we? <laughs> We're in our 20s. This is the prime of our lives. <laughs> Will we be like better when we're older? No, probably not. No. <laughs> Hello there, this is I Only Like You. This is a film review podcast. I'm here with my girlfriend, Lonnie. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> yep. Actually, I'm Lonnie. She's an A. With a reference to the movie we just saw. Called Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> it's a really beautiful film. Yeah. It's it, alright. Yeah. <laughs> Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. It's directed by Luca Guarnino. Not sure if I said that correctly. Apologies. And I think most people know it as the movie with Army Hammer in a homosexual relationship with a younger dude. That's all I knew about it going in. Me too. Based off a book, apparently. Apparently. Which is quite well received back in the day. Um, it's written by James Ivory of the Merchant Ivory films of the 80s and 90s. Literally no idea what you're talking about right now. I haven't seen many any of them yet, but thing back in the day so yeah thoughts and feelings on the film well i really liked it as i said and i don't want to blame seeing it at 9 30 but <laughs> possibly it's a contributing factor i wasn't like drawn in like i thought i was supposed to be and like everyone else i've seen mm. seems to have this amazing reaction to it and but it's not anything the film's done and looking back objectively you can see it was a really cool film and spoiler alert the whole film, but the way the film goes, I can see how he's feeling in each moment. So it's not like the film is bad in that sense. Yeah. And especially the final scene, yeah. final shot, you can see how that is so sad. But was I just sleepy? I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> like I'm not trying to be flippant about a really intense moment, but I, I, I was there though. I guess. Well. I think it's funny that I handled the late session much better than you did because normally I'm just cranky and you need to put me to bed at about 9 (laughs) o'clock. That's true. I think I'm going to add to what Benjamin Law said on Twitter, which we found afterwards, Mm -hmm. that he was a little bit put off by the age difference. He said thought that Army Hammer was a bit miscast Mm. because I didn't even realise that in the book, which is what Benjamin Law said, he was supposed to be a grad student. But in the movie, he's... Seems like he's in his 30s, you know, 35 well, probably. it makes sense now because he, they were getting him for like a placement. Yeah, I got that, but yeah. I didn't realise he was supposed to be like have just finished university. I didn't either. So it would have made more sense, like the kid's supposed to be 14, um, Elio. Mm. Oh, sorry, about 15, 16, 17, approaching 
that sort of age, and Army Hammer was supposed to be, Oliver was supposed to be around 23, 24, that seems more... Yeah. That seems better than me. I think but. you've got the issue where Army Hammer looks older than he is, yeah. and oh, like, Timothy Chalamet looks much younger than yeah. he is. So they're on opposite ends of the spectrum but there. I still got the relationship with thing, but I think maybe yeah. it would have been better if they were perhaps closer in age. Army Hammer is probably the most handsome man alive. Yes. I had some feelings throughout the film. <laughs> when he was dancing especially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he was perfectly cast because he is the quintessential American oh. jock with his deep voice and broad American accent. I think Benjamin Law said he was miscast in terms of what the character was in the book, but yes. in terms of... Army Hammer, he yeah. was great. So I, I don't want to use, I don't like using the word miscast because I don't yeah. think anyone was miscast. I think they yeah. did a brilliant job in what they were done. Yeah, sure. But I'm not sure if they were translating that age difference and if that was a really important thing that that 100 worked. Yeah, exactly. Because he wasn't miscast. Because Army Hammer is an amazing actor. No, and the person who played um, Elio could have been older, but I wouldn't say Timothy Chalamet was miscast no, he was, at all. He's a so great performance, I yeah. thought. So, yeah, so exactly that. It could have been different. It could have been stronger in that sense, but you would have not had these actors. So yeah. perhaps it would have it was better to have the these guys. When we mentioned that to each other, I know we tried to think, is this common in sort of films about gay couples? And I remember we watched Carol and there was a big age difference there. Yeah. Uh, it's well, the only one that really jumps to mind, though. With the same age difference. Yeah. I, I'm sure there have been relationships on film with different age groups like that, but yeah. nothing springed to mind to me either. I just thought it was, yeah, a bit strange. I feel like this with films about heterosexual couples as well when there's like a 50-year-old male actor playing against a 20-year-old actress. Can I tell you a funny story about that? Yeah. Back in, don't interrupt me. No. During the, you know, when Wolf of Wall Street came out a couple of years mm. ago, the story came out that um, Olivia Wilde auditioned for the Margot Robbie part. Yeah. But they said she was too old, but she was actually the age, like the right age of the real person at that right. time. But because she was in her 30s and Margot Robbie was just early or mid-20s at that stage, she got cast. Isn't that crazy that Leonardo DiCaprio, who was he's approaching mm. his 40s now, had to have be opposite someone who was in her 20s, not the person who was the right age yeah. of the real people. I guess people look different ages if you cast someone just because of their age. But yeah. I, I don't know. There is a consistent sort of thing about women yeah. being quite young in those relationships and the men being quite old. So. I know. And it's not very often the other way, is it? No. <laughs> and it's not the other way without that being the point either. It's not the other mm. way without it being a commentary a on cougars and a plot point and yeah. everything. So anyway. Yeah, we just accept that the... Dude's in his 60s, he's yeah. going to have someone in their 30s as his love interest. Yeah. It's yeah. icky, isn't it? It is. It is. Not always. Sometimes it works in terms of the story, but yeah. often it's not good. <laughs> Back to Call Me By Your Name. Mm. I think I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it felt quite slow to me. It's definitely not a plot-driven No, case. not at all. It's a it's hangout. A, it's sort a of. hangout, lays about. Sunday afternoon sort of film. Well, they're kind of on holidays, so that they are. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. That's how I felt watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bored, though, because it kind of dragged on. And I wonder if there's this thing where 
when you adapt something from a book, or maybe it's because it's the tone of the book in the first place, that it's never going to fully, I don't know, it's never going to fully immerse you because you can't know things watching a Yeah, you're not inside the characters' heads, yeah. Even if it's not written in first person, though, Mm. you're not as omniscient as you are when reading a book. So I feel like in a lot of adaptations, you're constantly held at sort of an arm's length, an objective sort of thing. And maybe that's why we didn't completely get swept up in the romance of it all. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. There's my theory. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Without having read the book, it's hard to know yeah. what the book is yeah. like. But, yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from. Mm. And I think, I don't know, how long can a movie be if it's a sort of Hang out, relaxing movie. Like if it was ninety minutes long or eighty minutes long, yeah, would it have felt just as long as a two-hour movie? Because it's not really. There's not like a yeah. overall. I think the issue was three-act goal-oriented. Exactly. Plot. Yeah, it was long duration-wise, and it also felt long due yeah. to the mood and stuff. But so. I never felt like oh, I've, I've felt a few times you cut this shot or you know what's happening, nothing's happening. But overall, I was there with the story though. So yeah. And it, it's off. The whole film was happening inside his head, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. And that that worked. It was great seeing something play out, and you can you can almost see what's going on in his head. Not mm. always, not. Mm. And sometimes, thinking like during the dance scene, you can definitely know what's going on inside his head. When he's talking to his girlfriend, you can see his what's playing in his mind. Yeah. Sometimes you couldn't, and those bits didn't work as well, did they? No, I don't think so. I quite enjoyed it. I, yeah, wasn't, I'm not enamoured with it like everyone else was. I wouldn't mind watching it again yeah. now that I know what what's it's happening. about and what's happening mm-hmm. to see if I can pick up on other, other things. Mm. One thing I wasn't sure about in the film, um, which I'm pretty sure was done on purpose, was its treatment of women. Um, especially his sort of girlfriend or the guy that um Elio gets or the girl that Elio gets with she says that she's afraid of being hurt and then he hurts her and at the end she still says she loves him and it all is forgiven well my problem I, yeah I, I totally agree with what you're saying there my problem with the she wasn't really a character no she not didn't at get all anything but was that on purpose because she he didn't treat her like a real person? Yeah, I guess so. Because he just went to her when he got rejected by Oliver. So well, I feel like the film would have been stronger if she'd been more of a character. Yeah, the point is that she gets hurt. Yes. And that he yes. is he throws away everything else when he yeah and he's but he still wins in the Oliver. end. I I kind of felt like when she said she loved him and gave him back the book of poetry, we were well I inferred that he was going to end up with her like his dad ended up with his mum. Similarly, his mum, she's treated as a consolation prize because his dad didn't have the gay exploit that he always wanted to have or whatever. And I just don't know if that's a great message to send, but I don't, I don't know. I don't have a personal experience. Well, the fact that you're feeling that, though, maybe it was the point for you to feel that. So, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was. But I just think it's worth Could mentioning just because if it yeah. was done on purpose, it wasn't clear enough for me. And just like... Our friend, Benjamin Moore, said on Twitter there was a weird stuff going on, the fact that the two guys are never seen in the nude, but she is. Yes. I think he was talk, responding to another person he on Twitter. Was, but yeah. yeah. You can find it if you look up Benjamin Moore's tweet. 
And I felt like that. I'm like, why this? I why is she being well. objectified here? Not that I wanted everyone to be objectified, but no. it's just that that same old thing where women are always naked on screen and there's no need for it. Well, I thought it was so weird that the first time the guys got together, when he went to meet him at midnight, we panned out the window and we're on the bloody apricot orchard or whatever it was for five minutes while we just heard them breathing in sexy ways. Mm. I didn't mind that, but in terms of... Yeah, I'm just comparing that to when he has sex with the girl and we see the whole bra removal, we see her breasts, you know, all of that. As a technique, it was cool, the first two guys, but, yeah, what? Not needed. No. Doesn't add anything. And I just... Just having it there because it's arty or something. I know, yeah, because the female body and their art art historians or whatever, and they were looking at all bodies like that, and there were penises in there and everything. But, I don't know, two things. One, I think... I feel strange when I see a young actress naked on screen, Um, especially when there's a male director and a majority male cast. I wonder if she had said no, she didn't want to get naked, if she would have still had that role. Yeah. Two, for a film about two gay guys, you don't see a lot of two gay guys having sex, and that's what the whole point of it is. Um. And I understand that's because both of the leads had no full frontal nudity clauses in their contracts. Yeah, to be fair, they're in short shorts and they are topless a lot. So yeah, can't you could make the argument, but it's not, not the same. Make, <laughs> I'm not making an argument. But yeah, you could make that argument. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I feel like in a movie that could have called for nudity from them, they didn't have to give it. But in a movie that didn't call for nudity on Mm. the girl's part, she was expected to give it. I think Mm. that's what I'm trying to say. What? I can't really think of any films that are improved by having nudity in them. Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to think of one. The first thing that came to mind was Titanic, but then I guess you could paint her from the back. You could allude to it. Yeah, you don't have to show every bit and bob, do you? No. Bit and bob. Is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, bits on the left. One bit. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. But just making the point, you can allude and oftentimes your imagination is can fill in those gaps exactly. a lot better than yeah. just seeing it on screen. And they're like obviously they're time and place for that sort of stuff. Mm, not mm. necessarily in every movie, especially you're right, the power imbalance, that when you think about it for one more second, yeah. like what's happening actually on set, because this isn't real life, it is a construction. Exactly, yeah. Mm. But I don't want to speak on her behalf. Maybe she wanted um, to, yeah. maybe she was oh. comfortable with it. Oh, yeah, I don't, we don't want to like yeah, speak for every woman out there no. thinking they've been abused if they've done a nude scene, because a lot of people out there, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly, so that's and they're fine. Fi- they can be fine. I just question it as when, when I'm watching it. Mm. Yeah, what the circumstances on. were for this to happen. So, And you're right. You never see a penis on screen. No. So Only on the sculptures that they're looking mm. at, I guess, if you want to count them. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant in general, most movies. Yeah. But this one yeah. as well. Can we talk about the end shot for a bit? Please. How good was it? Worth yep. the price of admission Yeah. if we paid for the price of admission because we used a gift card. We didn't steal it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds like we snuck yeah. in. No, no, no. We used a gift card we got from Christmas. Um. Not that you care. Shut up. <laughs> the It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. The flickering light on his face, the close-up, mm-hmm. the focus. 
Well, I'm reading online, apparently he had the song playing in his ears. Okay, so he good. could go along with the emotions. Yeah, cool. yeah. I was wondering and about that, whether they had it on set or something. Best thing you said is that life is still happening in the background yeah. of the shot. So yeah, it was. So oh, cool. that was a beautiful choice to have other people enter the shot. It was gorgeous. And, and that song was incredible, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm listening to it again. I, this sounds like a weird comparison, but not that bad. It reminded me of the scene in Master of None Season 2 where Dev's in the back, uh, of, the yeah. car, back yeah. of the car yeah. when we see it all play out the rest of the trip. You know what it's like? It feels like, even though it's almost definitely not this, it feels like the director was supposed to have called cut but just let that one roll a little bit mm. longer to see what the actors did. I don't think that's what happened because I think they planned to have that long shot. Mm. But that's yeah. what it feels like. It just feels like you're watching yeah. someone work, going through all the emotions really realistically and the aftermath of things. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost interesting and I think a lot of films will veer to do this and then this will become the norm and the other way. But there's almost a timing that you can feel where that shot would have traditionally been cut. And then the very fact that it extends makes you feel like you're watching something special. Isn't it great when just one long continuous shot, and I think I said this about Master of None, is that you suddenly start thinking. Yeah. Unlike traditionally when everything is cut for you, yeah. you don't have to think. No, not at you're all. You're just being not shown these images and it just happens, Yeah. plays out across your eyes. In this one, you're like, oh, my God, what's he feeling? What's he thinking? Everything's come to this. And you're given the time to do that along with mm. the character as well. Like I think that end, this end shot in Call Me By Your Name made me feel everything that the movie was trying to make me feel Yeah. by just backing off a little bit and letting mm-hmm. it happen. And you couldn't do it every movie. You couldn't do it every scene having no. this sort of thing. No. But it definitely works at the end of this movie. It definitely does. And it's gorgeous. you're right, it does underpins the whole movie. Yeah. If the movie didn't work, this wouldn't work. This last shot wouldn't work and vice versa. Exactly, so. yeah. Do you think that the character of Oliver was meant to be such a dick? Like he came across to me as such an asshole. Well, that's another thing that probably kept us a little bit at arm's length about mm. about their relationship, not necessarily the whole film itself, but yeah, I was thinking, really, this is this guy you fall in love with, mate? He's a bit of a douche, but yeah, he kind of like leads him on and then backs off and plays hard to get, and like yeah, maybe that's he gives him the, a tease and then the stops. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But I think, but not every character is supposed to be likable hundred percent of the time, and perhaps the perhaps it's the cat and mouse, which was attractive. But then Elio was awful to the girl he was with as well. Were they? I don't. I don't know. Was the movie telling me that these are two unlikable characters? I don't think so because they weren't treated like that. Maybe the point of the movie is that people just hurt each other. Like it's a very European way of looking at. I guess so. Life. People are stupid and they're not supposed to be together. But would it have worked better if he was a really lovely guy? I don't know. I think I would have been you more. Know, you would have fallen in love with him a bit as well. Yeah. Mm. So I was falling in love with Army Hammer, not Oliver. I was constantly thinking of Army Hammer's performance as Oliver. And I don't know if that's, I don't think that's a um, testament to his bad betrayal of that character. I just didn't find anything appealing about Oliver mm. at all. I thought he was a dickhead. He was an asshole. He was very arrogant. He didn't treat Elio very nicely and then he left. So yeah. if I had fallen in love with him a bit, maybe I would have felt some of mm. those things. 
it is easier to to accept the characters falling in love with him if you were also falling yeah. in love with him. Yeah. I was just going to say about you mentioned he left. The film began with him arriving. I feel like it could have ended with him leaving. And I don't know why they didn't give him a little bit of a extra time together and yeah. made the final end shot better because he well, finally that's the thing. gets we wouldn't let have got down. the end shot, would we? But could have been nice symmetry. Yeah. The film ends when he leaves. My, I agree with you. It dragged on a bit and it ended a few different times yeah. and I was kind of waiting for it to be the real ending. But that sequence where they say goodbye to each other before he gets mm. on the train with no dialogue is beautiful. It's a beautifully shot mm. sequence. When he turns and the train goes off, it's gorgeous. It could have ended there and we would have had the same sort of... Could have had a, sh- a long end. take then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the scene with the dad, which I think everyone online is talking about being the best scene ever. Yeah. Well, I wasn't into it. I yeah. just wasn't into it. I felt like it went for too long and it also, the dad repeated himself a lot. He kind of said the same thing three times in, in three, three different, different ways. ways. And yeah. then he said, like, it's okay to feel all these things. But Ilio hadn't really felt the things yet. He was like, it's okay if you're sad. And he's like, well, I just haven't really processed it yet. And so his dad was telling yeah. him how to think almost. I love the idea behind it. it just so the didn't. idea is that he was or is gay and had the opportunity for something similar. And maybe that explains why he liked all of it so much. And I guess so. I, and- I must confess, in the moment, I didn't think he was admitting he's gay and admitting to another, like that happening in his past. I just thought he meant generally when I was younger. Right. I missed out on things for a number of reasons. But I I accept the fact that he was could be talking about that. I, the one line that would push me over the edge for there is when Elio said, does mum know? And he said, no, she doesn't. Yeah, and that, that could be true about him yeah. being in a... Right. I'm just missing out in relationship with anybody, but yeah, all the signs point towards that. So I'm not mm. saying it's not true. I'm just, I'm just saying in you the moment I didn't film. get that. I just felt like he was commiserating with his son, and I like that he was accepting of his son, most accepting father on screen ever, probably. So yeah. So that leads me to my point. Why can't they be together? Why couldn't Ilio and Oliver be together? 1980s. Okay, so you say that acceptance of gay people, right? Not once in the film are we shown the negative way a gay person is treated as evidence for why they can't come out. Parents know the whole time that they're together Mm -hmm. and they don't have an issue. Gay friends come and they're great. They get on better with the gay friends than they do with the straight friends, which I'm assuming is not an accident. I just didn't get why they couldn't. If it's just the distance thing, that's not enough for me. There was no no explanation in the village or any... um, I don't know. I feel like they could have gone around holding hands and everyone would have been like, okay, cool, because they basically were anyway. Well, I see what you're saying. I don't think it was ever a possibility of them getting together, though. I but don't, why? I don't think Oliver was ever going to end up with this guy. Like, Oliver's got his own life. He's here right, on a holiday. Okay. The holiday romance for him was more to Elio, but to Oliver, he's come here working after he's finished his degree. Yeah. He's going back to America to have a big successful life there. And that includes being in the right marriage. So that was kind of when he said to Elio, I don't want to have screwed you up, I don't want to have messed you up. That kind yeah, of thing. 
to Oliver, he was never like, this is my boyfriend. Right, and I'll okay. let her get engaged to and yeah. marry and we're going to be together forever. That's another strike on why, reasons why Oliver is an awful person list. Maybe people fall in love with the wrong people, though. You know, that's, that could be the point of the film. Perhaps he can't even explain to himself why he's in love with this guy who is handsome but an arsehole. There's yeah. something about him that he... Well, Just yeah, loves. that's the point, right? Because he says he says to them, "Don't you think it's arrogant and rude how he says later?" And mm-hmm. then he falls in love with him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. I don't think. Well, I think on screen often, it's about two perfect people falling in love, and they're both really lovely and everything's fine until mm-hmm. you know, something awful happens, and then they have to work through it, and then everything's fine again. In this film, there were two people who weren't very good. There's conflict in their relationship. Yeah, maybe that's where the themselves. conflict came from. Yeah, okay. And this, to me, wasn't a film about you know, two people who were in love fighting against the odds and the discrimination from outside. That could be a film, but it wasn't this one. Yeah. So I don't think the film would have been better if they did hold hands and then they get called words on the street and I know, stuff. I know. I, just... I know what you're trying to say. And, and you, you said something too when we left about, oh, the parents weren't upset. Like, well, that could have that have just been artificial conflict put into the story, though, that it we've already seen been. a million times yeah, before. Yeah, and we have seen that story a million times before. I just didn't really get what the conflict was then, I guess. A, yeah, I'm but saying. maybe I'll pick up on that watching it again, you know. Yeah, I think it's more internal conflict. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you're right. Falling down to it, though, they loved each other, might not be together. Well, did maybe all of ever love each other, love him? Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. it's just because I'm unromantic. I just want people to stay together. And I think, yeah. Run away and be in love. Yeah. <laughs> Saw some beautiful um, still shots of the film with the use of mirror in mm-hmm. the dad's office. I think they did a beautiful composition of the shots. Was beautiful. The colors were gorgeous. Did you like all that? Oh, the film's beautiful. Saturation. Yeah. yeah. It was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about my two main issues with the film? Number one, the music. I knew you were going to hate it. <laughs> too much. It's too much. I hate in films where music tries to tell me how to feel. Mm-hmm. I want to feel what I want to feel, thank you. Don't try and be like, this is sad, this is sad, <laughs> this is sad. Well, what about the last shot then? You didn't like No, this? I liked right. that because it backed off and just let it happen. The piano was way too much. Also, it sounded exactly the same when, as when Elia was playing the piano. So when the piano kicked in, I constantly thought it was going to be one of those sound transitions between scenes, like the sound mm-hmm. would begin before the scene ends and transition you into the next shot. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, and I kept getting, like, thrown back with that, and I was like, oh, okay, this is soundtrack music, in inverted commas we're listening to, not real-life music. Score, yeah. Yeah, but... I was confused about whether it was diegetic or non-diegetic sound and it threw me out of it a bit. And the constant, I don't know, we've seen it, we've seen a few movies recently where the music's just trying to be like, this is quirky, this is so quirky, look how quirky I am because the music's so quirky. And in this one I, I thought they were going to be like, look how artistic we are, look at our classic artistic music, ooh. <laughs> I'm doing a little dance, by the I way. Know, well, you are. Yeah, just for the listeners. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it, but. I could see why you did. <laughs> it was loud. It went over the top of yeah. everything. It was trying too hard to tell me how to feel. Yeah. Final thing that I have question on, that scene 
what was that and why and yeah just take it out didn't need it guys was it an apricot i kept thinking it was a peach but i think that's an apricot juice he he effed an apricot guys okay okay. well he did and i don't really understand why what they added i thought it was a peach as well who knows anyway i just uh why is that scene there why I can see it being some really arty choice in the book about, like, this is his symbolism, like, coming to terms with his inheritance and his heritage or whatever, and he's surrounded by this, the fruit of life, blossoms, blooming, blah, blah, blah. It's just crap. Okay. Yeah, that author spent 20 years (laughs) writing that scene. That scene is terrible. You put your heart and soul into this book, but it's crap, apparently. not crap that's it might not even be in the book you just said you didn't want to talk about it you didn't like it that much and now you're like defending it (laughs) defending it i'm just (laughs) they didn't put in there for a laugh and then there's a reason for it i don't think they needed it at all i'm not gonna like (laughs) say it's crap (laughs) i didn't agree with your choice writer and director and everybody involved so they think you're crap I don't think you were crap. I think that scene is crap. I don't like it. Me. It was yucky and it made no sense. I don't need a still shot on it while there's ooze. I don't need that in my life. If you hate it so much, why are we talking about it for <laughs> 10 minutes? No, not needed at all. Didn't add anything to the movie. But he spent time and money on the peach scene, but they didn't, couldn't get a penis involved. What? You know, just joking. I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that. I feel like it's the scene that takes away from the rest of the movie a bit as well. Yeah. Didn't add anything. That's why I want to talk not, about not it. Not only did it not add anything, it took away from stuff. Yes. So, thank yeah. you. Okay. On that wonderful note, what rating would you give the film? How many peaches? <laughs> I think they're apricots. Um, three and a half apricots. Okay. Yeah, I'd give it the same. Well, what's the distinction between three and four or three and a half? You know? I think it's not quite as good to get to the four, but it's way better than three. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised how silly that sounded. You've answered that question really well. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. We have lots of other podcasts. Any film over the last year and a half, potentially. If you're looking for a starting place, people seem to inexplicably love our Swiss Army Man one, so... Mainly because, spoiler alert, Sinead didn't know that it was a movie about Daniel Radcliffe being a corpse who, who farts a lot. Laughs. It'll make sense when you go listen to it. Episode 5, I think. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. How did I not know that that's what that movie was about? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 